Dallas Cowboys wide receiver C.D. Lamb has another huge performance on Thursday Night Football. Where should he come in in your dynasty ranks? All that and more in this episode of Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. You are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Marcus Mosher and Kate Madjuke. Welcome back to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. This episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use promo code LOCKDOWNNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. I am your host, Marcus Mosher. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. Joining me today, as always, is Kate Majuk. You can follow her on Twitter at Kate Majuk. You can check out her work at Pro Football Focus. She also is the managing editor of the uh, Behind the Steel uh, Curtain uh, website. Just wears so many different hats. Absolutely incredible. <laughs> Kate, today we're going to break down Thursday Night Football, Cowboys, Seahawks, and which was a wild game. One of the better ones that we've had in primetime. Cowboys win 41-35. to I want to start with CeeDee Lamb. 12 catches for 116 yards and a touchdown. Also added in two carries for 30 yards in this game. Uh, what were your takeaways watching CeeDee Lamb in this one? CeeDee Lamb looks like a a bona fide elite top 10, uh, top five, uh, maybe top three dynasty wide receiver. And Marcus, like heading into the season, I said over and over again, like my biggest question is, can CeeDee Lamb be that guy? Like, I wasn't sure if he could be that guy, to be totally honest. I wasn't sure if he was absolutely elite. He ranks third in PFF receiving grade, fourth in yards per route run, averaging 4.5 yards after the catch per reception, just reeling in absolutely everything. And, I mean, being targeted on uh, almost 28% of his routes run – all of those metrics are absolutely elite. And I think it, like we need to have a real conversation. How many wide receivers in this league do you really want over Justin Jefferson or uh, over uh, CeeDee Lamb at this point? Justin Jefferson? I don't know. I, I, I don't think Justin Jefferson is at a point. This is just probably recency bias. But I think you can arguably have the conversation Yes. about CeeDee Lamb versus Jamar Chase versus Justin Jefferson at this point, which coming into the season, you would have been cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs if you even posed the question. So that's where I'm kind of at with CeeDee Lamb. Here's where I'm at. I would still take Jefferson over CeeDee Lamb, but if somebody offered me Jefferson for CeeDee Lamb, I'm having like a three hour like debate with myself about it. Like that's just where we're at. <laughs> CeeDee Lamb on the year. Uh he's over twelve hundred yards already, over eight touchdowns. Kate, in his last seven games, this is what kind of pace he's, he is on. Last seven games, sixty-three catches, eight hundred and twenty-four receiving yards, six touchdowns. When you include his rushing stats, because for whatever reason the Cowboys have made it a point to get him like two or three carries a game. 887 total yards and seven touchdowns in his last seven games. I mean, he's it, it's ridiculous right now. And let's have the conversation. I, you and I are both in agreement that we would still take Justin Jefferson over CeeDee Lamb. 
The next Jamar one is Chase, though. Jamar Chase. Where do you stand on that right now? I think it's extremely reasonable to lean CeeDee Lamb at this point, just given the long-term health concerns. We've seen several season-ending injuries from Joe Burrow. I still think Joe Burrow, better NFL quarterback than Dak, but still think Dak grossly underrated as an NFL quarterback. Well, Joe Burrow's is a lot not, younger. We should also yeah, mention absolutely. That. But, but Dak Prescott, by all accounts, with Mike McCarthy, of all people, seems to be in his absolute prime. He is playing the best football of his career. Might just go down as the NFL MVP this year. Uh, you know, he is the face of the Cowboys franchise. I think CeeDee Lamb is going to be right there alongside him. I, I kind of have this feeling that there's maybe a little bit more safety and a, a little totally. bit more. Um, I think there are fewer unknowns, right? What happens next year? Do they get T Higgins an extension done? Cause when they're both on the field, you know, we've, we've seen, the dynamic shift back and forth between Jamar mm. Chase, T Higgins. Um, if they don't get a deal done with T Higgins, what do they do with the wide receiver two position? When does Joe Burrow get fully healthy? Uh, does his health last? Like it just feels like there are a lot of questions about the Cincinnati Bengals right now. And I don't have as many of those questions about the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, I'm right there with you. That one's a coin flip for me as well. I I probably lean CD just because it seems like the Cowboys have gotten him more consistently involved in the offense. It also doesn't hurt that the Cowboys play in the Dome and the Bengals play in the AFC mm-hmm. North where you're going to be playing a lot of bad weather games. So when you get to playoff tough time, defenses. a lot of tough defense, at least historically some tough defenses. Mm-hmm. My next question for you, Kate, regarding CD Lamb before we move on, is A.J. Brown is currently being drafted ahead of him, as is Bijan Robinson. Would you take Bijan over CeeDee Lamb in your dynasty league? I think I would, um, okay. just because I, I, again, like very young running back, right? He's 21 years old. He's in his first NFL season, not racking up touches in year one, like we saw with you know a guy like Ezekiel Elliott coming out of the draft. Um, where, you know, he, he racks up 300 plus touches, like immediately out of the gate. Um, Bijan's like the rare unicorn for me, but other than Bijan, I like, I I think AJ Brown, you know, we have two years uh, younger for CD lamb again, not, not a ton of question marks for me in the Philadelphia offense. Uh, I think we kind of know their identity, but, but yeah, like it, if the tiebreaker between CD lamb and AJ Brown is age, I think at this point, both sure. of them have proven a relatively similar ceiling. Um, you're, and you're happy CD with Lamb's, either of them. Yeah. And CD lamb's floor might be just a little bit safer, I think as Dak's top target. Um, so again, like you're going to be happy with either of these guys, but if you have to have a tiebreaker between the two, I guess I'll take the younger guy. Cause sure. why not? Um, by the way, I agree with you on Bijan. I would take Bijan over CD Lamb just because of the positional value. And it, we know that running backs typically aren't getting second contracts right now. But even if you look at like the next four years, you got to believe that the next four years and the next four years of Bijan for CD Lamb and Bijan are probably going to line up. Just give me the running back that's got a chance to finish as the RB1 every week because yeah. of the positional value. 
Completely agree. Kate, I want to talk a, a little bit about the Seahawks. So I want to talk about Jackson Smith and Jigba, who had a better game than what the box score suggests. But before we do that, I do want to have a conversation about Jake Ferguson, who continues to look better and better each week. We will get to that next. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That is $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options available, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. You can go bet on Dak Prescott to win the MVP award. Seems like that's a pretty good bet right now, given how he played against the Seahawks. You can even bet on Deron Bland, who actually saw his odds go down in the Defensive Player of the Year award, despite getting an interception. There's some reasons why maybe his odds dropped a little bit. But visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season with FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. Welcome back to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. We wanted to let you know that Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. All right, Kate, I want to talk about Jackson Smith and Jigba in just a second, but really quickly, Jake Ferguson, 6 for 77 and a touchdown, has just under 500 yards on the season, five touchdowns. Hasn't been overly consistent, but you see the flashes. Yeah, I I definitely wanted to talk about Jake Ferguson. Marcus, we were like all over Jake Ferguson like glue uh, this offseason. We were all in on this former fourth round pick, you know, keep in mind, Jake Ferguson just heading into his second NFL season and he looks far mature beyond a second year tight end. Yeah. I know we're in the, the realm of, of era, right. Where, you know, NFL tight ends like Sam Laporta, who we talked about on Thursday's show, uh, like Dalton Kincaid who kind of come in and, there's not that acclimation period because you're you're spending, you know, less time generally speaking, you know, in the blocking role and they're just kind of acclimating to the the receiver position. But in terms of like looking at these young NFL tight ends uh, who have kind of like a pretty complete role, I'm having a hard time coming up with a guy that I'm as enamored with as Jake Ferguson and I need to ask you about that because you're the Dallas Cowboys expert. Everybody check on Locked on Cowboys. Um, but, you know, nice I'm great. It's shameless plug for my co-host here who does a fantastic job. Um, but as somebody who is in tune with the team, you talked a lot in the preseason about how Dak is is very impressed with Jake Ferguson in terms of his work ethic, in terms of, uh, you know, that connection that they're working to build. Uh, they were, you know, training together plenty off season, mm-hmm. which you love to see that, that, you know, especially from a, a young tight end here. Um, but from a Cowboys perspective, there are about 18 million tight ends on the roster. They just invent, invested in Luke Schoonmaker. Um, like 
am I getting too enamored with the player that is Jake Ferguson and ignoring the red flags that, you know, there might be some other tight ends in the conversation this year? So the first thing is we know that this tight end role in Dallas has always been very fruitful, right? Whether that's been mm-hmm. Dalton Schultz who, you know, in the three years that he was kind of the featured guy was super productive. Dak is just really good at feeding his number one tight end. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like Jake Ferguson. I, I think he's a good player. You saw in one of the biggest moments of the game last night, uh, he throws a back shoulder fade to Jake Ferguson one-on-one against an all pro safety in Jamal Adams. And there's just complete trust there. Um, the, the difference for me between like Ferguson and some of the other guys up there is just volume. Like he j- Ferguson's just n- never going to be the main guy in the pa- passing attack, the way that a Travis Kelsey or a Mark Andrews, or maybe a Dalton Kincaid will be down the road because the Cowboys have CD lamb. But I think once you get past that tier of dynasty tight end, Laporta, Kelsey, Andrews, Hawkinson, Kincaid, we can have legit conversations. And you mentioned the the other tight ends on the roster. The Cowboys drafted Luke Schoonmaker to be like this hybrid blocker receiver to use in certain situations. I I think he's a really good backup. He's not going to be the guy to replace Ferguson. So let's let's quickly run through some of these guys. Like, would you rather have George Kittle at 30 years old or Jake Ferguson right now in your dynasty league? I'll take Jake Ferguson. Yeah. Would you rather have Dallas Goddard or Ferguson? Ooh, Eileen um, Goddard there for me. Yeah, I I think Eileen Goddard there. The okay. the age difference not as significant here, um, and the stability. Yeah. Trey McBride, Evan Ingram, Luke Musgrave. I'll take Jake Ferguson over all of them. The only one that gives me a little bit of pause is Luke Musgrave, but uh, I'm there now. Here, this next one hurts my soul. Okay. Jake Ferguson or Kyle Pitts? Oh, Marcus. I know. <laughs> I know. Oh, no. I mean, um, I mean let, let's just be honest, though. I mean, Ferguson outproducing Kyle Pitts this year pretty significantly. Handedly. And kind of outproduced him last year as a rookie as well. Oh, Marcus. Oh, no, 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 no. Um, Give me the upside. I mean – if just to be clear, like if we covered up the name Kyle Pitts and we covered up Jake Ferguson, like I understand from a dynasty perspective and from a traits perspective, that's hands down Kyle Pitts. But from a situational standpoint, like uh, you, it, you know, you mentioned you mentioned the tier great the tier break between Jake Ferguson and you know, some of those primary receiving tight ends. Right. But I still look at Jake Ferguson. It it seems like he's kind of the number two option, especially around the red zone for this, this team. Um, You know, I'm looking at Kyle Pitts and it's kind of a revolving door and it's kind of a revolving door that they perpetuated themselves by flushing this offense with weapons that they don't know how to use properly. So like situationally, Jake it's, Ferguson has a pretty big edge in my mind, but you know, maybe this conversation would be very different if it weren't Arthur Smith at head coach. Here's the way that I'm, I'm looking at this as of right now, I lean pits, but if we go into the 2024 season and it's 
Taylor Heineke and Desmond Ritter throwing to Kyle Pitts again next year. I'm going to just take Ferguson. I'm hoping either the Falcons move him or the Falcons go out and get an actual NFL quarterback to get him the ball because I, you're right. Like production wise, it's, it's not close. Let's talk if, about just to be clear. If it's Taylor Heineke throwing the ball next year for the Atlanta Falcons, that team is relegated to the USFL. <laughs> I'm making an executive decision. Y'all. Yeah. Uh, can't disagree. Uh, let's talk about Seattle really quickly. DK Metcalf, six for 134, three touchdowns. What a huge game from him. I want to talk about Jackson Smith and Jigba, seven for 62 on 11 targets. So, I mean, you're yeah. talking about 13 PPR points, whatever. Fine flex play. Could have been much bigger. He had a touchdown, like a 50 yard touchdown that was taken off the board because the ball moved like a fraction of a millimeter when it hit the ground. I thought that was a little ticky tacky. So did I. Now, on that play, he drew a pass interference that got him down to the one-yard line, and then Metcalf scored in the next play. My takeaway was JSN is coming. Like the, His time in this offense, you can see like he's already the second-best receiver on this offense. It's only a matter of time before he really goes off. I think that is 100% accurate. It feels like every week we watch him, he just looks a little bit more like professional NFL wide receiver Mm -hmm. like that that just seems to be kind of where we're at again like we have talked endlessly about the draft profile the fact that this was a guy who you know primarily played out of the slot at OSU but I I think he's got versatility all over the field um you know this was a a guy that I thought was very pro ready coming out but he just kind of had to wait for his time uh in a relatively crowded offense and that brings me to my next point Marcus I think we're starting to see the decline of Tyler Lockett as much as it hurts me. I I don't want to be overreactionary, Marcus. I really don't. Um, But it feels like we're starting to see Tyler Lockett just slow down a little bit, right? Like, you know, we're, we're seeing a a decline. This is a a career low 10.3 yards per reception career low yards after the catch career low, uh, a second lowest of his career yards per route run, um, you know, lowest passer rating when targeted of his career, like every single efficiency metric that you look at for Tyler Lockett tells you that we might be seeing that eventual decline. And yeah, he just turned 31 years old. So that, that shouldn't be overly surprising, but, I, I still think, think he could be a good receiver in the right offense, but he can't be your number two guy anymore. Like he needs to be kind of more of a situational player at this stage of his career, which is fine. And maybe that's what Seattle has planned for him, but he can't be the guy that gets nine targets a game anymore. And I think that's what we're starting to see, right? I think like it, it seems like Pete Carroll is picking up on that. And it seems like that's kind of coincided with this slow, but like very sure JSN breakout. And you know, I think if I'm the Tyler Lockett manager, I'm a little panicked. Um, obviously, you still have like some some touchdown upside on a week to week basis. But I do think, you know, in terms of getting those sort of, you know, consistent boom games, that that time is probably passed here for Tyler Lockett. Yeah, I, and I think for JSN, you're just waiting patiently. Maybe you started him as a flex play last night. But I, I do think big days are coming. You could see it's not hard to envision that he's going to be one of these receivers that gets you eight for 85 every single game because of his role, because of him playing this in the slot. 
if you if you're patient here, I think you're going to be rewarded with some big JSN games. Not only like next year, but down the stretch, they play some tough defenses coming up, including the 49ers next week. They play Philly after that. They play Pittsburgh. Uh, I think he's going to get a lot of targets in some of these games that could end up being some shootouts. Kate, let's do our favorite segment of the week. It is promotion commotion. Players that you should promote from your bench or maybe even your waiver wire into your starting lineup. We will do that next. This episode is brought to you by Game Time. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Game Time is the fastest and the easiest way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. With killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee, Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. Game Time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. See the view from your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. All-in prices show your total upfront so that you know you're getting a great deal without hidden fees. Buy tickets in seconds with just two taps. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use promo code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem promo code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Welcome back to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. Every day or uh, every day is on Monday, Kate and I will be back breaking down all of the action from week 13. Make sure you tune in for that. But right now, it's our favorite segment of the week. It's promotion commotion. Kate, who are you promoting from your bench into your starting lineups this week? Marcus, I have so many gross names for you this week, and cool. we're just going to ride through them. So uh, I, I just want to know, like, do you want the grossest one first? Or yes, I absolutely gross? do. Yes. Okay, so the grossest (laughs) might not be everybody's grossest, but it's going to be Kenny Pickett. Uh, (laughs) You know my – like if if you have been an everydayer, uh, you know this already. If you are not, if you're new to the show, uh, I don't like Kenny Pickett for fantasy, period. I don't see a lot of upside there, but Kenny Pickett, week 13 against the Arizona Cardinals, just come off as as second most passing yards of his career – uh, you know, the Arizona Cardinals allowing the second highest touchdown percentage in the league, which is the perfect, you know, cure for Kenny Pickett, who can't score touchdowns. Um, it, it, did I sell you? Are you are you starting Kenny no. Pickett? Well, maybe. I don't know. Okay. I know you hate the Steelers. All right. Next grossness. We're going to go with Devontae Parker, wide receiver for the New England Patriots. And I know uh, the Patriots are bad and the offense is bad. Um, they're benching Mac Jones this week, it seems, in favor of Bailey Zappi. You have Demario Douglas, uh, who I don't think is going to play with a concussion this week. Devonta Parker time, baby. And now they're going to face the Chargers, uh, who are allowing the fourth most yards per game to opposing wide receivers. They've tied for the, the fourth most touchdowns allowed to the position this year. Um, I think Devonte Parker could be a very viable flex play heading into week 13. I like it. All right. I only got one name for you, Kate, but I, I'm going to okay. make the case. I'm going to I'm going to build up who this player is. So there is. Don't tell a, me it's A.T. Perry again. Don't no, do no, it. But I, I was just a little early on A.T. Perry, who is going to get a start this week with Chris Olave <laughs> and Michael Thomas out. Uh, there is a receiver out there, Kate, that is owned in only 4% of ESPN leagues right now. 
who has 17 targets over the last two weeks. That's kind of incredible, right? 17 targets. The number one receiver for this team is likely going to be out again this week. And they're facing a defense that gives up the uh, 13th most points to fantasy receivers. This team is terrible at covering slot receivers. Do you know who I'm talking about? I don't. Greg Dortch is who I'm oh, no! as a flex play. Listen, Greg Dortch, the last two weeks, because he hasn't played the, the first you know nine weeks of the season, six for 76 uh, against the Texans. Last week, he had nine targets, did score a touchdown. Um, I think against Pittsburgh, without Hollywood Brown, who's dealing with a heel injury, I wouldn't be surprised to see him get close to double-digit targets in this game. It wouldn't be very surprising. I, I do have questions, though, about the Steelers defense. They're, they're looking a little bit healthier this week than it was who's prior. Who's the slot but... corner? Who's playing slot for Pittsburgh? That's a great question, Marcus. Uh, it, it's been a bit of a revolving door uh, at that point. Um, Brevin Jordan. We're oh, going to close we... out the show. Gosh. <laughs> We're going to close out the show with Brevin Jordan. Um, okay. Tight end for the Houston Texans, in case you didn't know. Um, the... Beautiful thing about Brevin Jordan, he might be available in the majority of your dynasty leagues at this point. Yeah. Uh, the, He's like, owning I'm gonna... 0.1% of ESPN standard leagues right now. Okay. So that's exactly how valuable this pick is going to be. Um, Dalton Schultz, we've seen him have a, a huge role as a receiver in the Houston Texans offense. He's worked as the, the primary receiving tight end. Uh, Brevin Jordan, he's been banged up. He's missed a few games. But um, in the last two weeks, we've actually seen a, a decrease uh, for Dalton Schultz's receiving snaps, uh, routes run, each of the last two weeks. Meanwhile, we've seen Brevin Jordan play a career high uh, receiving routes or a, a year season high receiving routes run. Um, and look, Marcus, we have Jordan uh, who – you know, I, I don't necessarily love as a, a player, but there could be a very interesting role in stock for him. Uh, Dalton Schultz popped up on the injury report this week, didn't practice Wednesday or Thursday, I believe with a hamstring injury. It's a new injury. Um, I have to assume, barring a miraculous recovery, if you're out for back-to-back practices heading into Friday, usually not a good sign, especially for a new injury. Now they get the Denver Broncos allowing just under 14 fantasy points per game to opposing tight ends at the league high. Um, this has been a very good matchup for opposing tight ends where the Broncos, they've been kind of keying in on opposing wide receivers a little bit more in recent weeks. I think this might be like a top seven, top eight tight end if Dalton Schultz is out this week and he's probably available in like 100% of waivers. Uh, last one for me. Kate, would you say that a Super Bowl winning MVP quarterback against a bad defense in a dome is a good spot for like a, you know, a QB2 in your Are Super you talking about Joe Flacco? I'm just saying, like there's a Get chance out of that, here. <laughs> there's a chance that Flacco has like 230 yards and three touchdowns in this game. I'm just All right. Just, I Hey, you know what? YOLO, like YOLO. <laughs> we're we're in dire straits here, folks. It's either him or Bailey's. Who would you rather play this week? Him or Bailey Zappi? Zappi's going up against the Chargers who can't stop anybody or Flacco who's almost 40 years old playing the Rams. Ew. Um, <laughs> There's I like 18 probably... teams on a bye this week. Like you probably need to start one of these guys if you're, if you're in a super flex league. I might actually go with Zappi, but like kind of I understand. There's some YOLO prospects to Joe Flacco where like he just don't care anymore. Yeah, and I... like 
if he don't care and he's just going to throw blindly down the field to Amari Cooper and David and Joku, like, hey, like there are worse players that you could target on your low balls in this league. So maybe, <laughs> so maybe gross. Joe Flacco. I don't know. Joe this Flacco's, has been a very gross segment. Yeah, I, mean, and I love it. Joe Flacco and Brevin Jordan are officially the worst names that we've ever mentioned. Uh, in promotion commotion. That is it for today's show. I I love ending on that note. Uh, We want to thank you for making Locked On Dynasty your first listen every single day. Check out our show on YouTube. We post videos every single day over there. Uh, Go listen to us wherever you get your podcasts. We are free and available on all platforms. Go follow Kate on Twitter, at Kate Baju. Go check out our work at Pro Pro Football Focus, excuse me, and Behind the Steel Curtain. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. Enjoy all of the games in week 13, and we will see you right back here on Monday.